Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive Podcast. I'm Rita Hubbard, the NFL Chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan. Of course, I'm here with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, the Ravens at the moment hold the number one seed in the AFC. They have yet to have their bye, which has confused me for about a month now because (laughs) I keep forgetting that they have yet to have a bye, um, which is why I was confused about why everybody kept saying they have the number one seat. Uh, and then I realized, oh, yeah, they have more games played because they have yet to have had their bye, which they will have after this weekend's game against the Chargers. Uh, the Chiefs currently are now in the number two seed spot, uh, but I'm not ready to celebrate yet, Cordell. I'm sorry. Call me the pessimist. I'm the realist around here. Um, Ravens eventually do get a bye in December, which is so weird to me, by the way. Uh, But when you start looking at schedules, when you start looking at conference losses, when you start looking at all of the things that are going to matter down the stretch, the Ravens have an uphill battle, in my opinion, opposed to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know I'm the Debbie Downer of this I want y'all to celebrate. Go through Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey because you can you can brag about the Ravens having the number one seed. I just feel like in two weeks from now, it's going to be a different conversation. What say you? Yeah, I mean, most likely. Yeah, I mean, if we're being honest, they, they it could it probably will be different in a couple of weeks. I mean, you look at the Chiefs schedule. Uh, they have the game against Buffalo in a couple of weeks um, at home. Uh, Outside of that, I mean, they've got some division games, which you never know about. They got two games against the Raiders, including this week. Um, they yep. have the last game of the season in LA against the Chargers. They do face the Bengals, who, of course, that Bengals team is going to look totally different now with no Joe Burrow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the the Chiefs definitely have the advantage when it comes to the schedule over the Don't Raiders. Don't forget that they play a, a team like the Patriots who right. are not a good football team and no, the, probably I won't mean, be a good football team and Packers. also play the Packers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all those teams stink. The only one that's really, you probably got to look at is, is Buffalo yep. um, right now. All the rest of them. I mean, you never really know how division games go. They got three more division games. So yeah, you, you got to be on your P's and Q's for that. They did lose to Denver a couple weeks ago. So, um, and the Raiders are playing better. Um, over the last couple of weeks since since, uh, Josh McDaniels got fired. Who figured that? Um, But, yeah, I mean, the Ravens do have the tougher schedule. I mean, um, yeah, they go to L.A., face a Chargers team who's not good, four and six before the bye. You still have to be careful about this Chargers team at home. 
um, on Sunday night. You, you you just have to be careful. They do have talent. They're not a good football team right now, and I think a large part due to the head coach. Um, but they do have talent out there. Joey Bosa not being there obviously is a benefit for the Ravens as well. But you look at the rest of the Ravens' schedule. Um, yeah, they've got the Rams after the bye at home. You feel good about that. Uh, but the Jags in Jacksonville Sunday night, then you go yep. to San Francisco for uh, yep. for Christmas, Christmas night. Um, on, and that'll be Monday night football. Then after that, you've got the Dolphins coming into town. And look, I, I think that the Dolphins are a totally different team when you get them out of Miami. I think they're a totally different team where they're playing in cold weather. I think they're a totally different team where they're playing legit competition. But you still have to be careful of a team like this that has yep. the explosive weapons that they have offensively. J- uh, Jalen Ramsey's back, and you can't even throw the ball his way since he's been back. So they, you do have to be careful about a team like that. Oh, and they finished the season off against the Steelers, which may or may not be for the division. I've shown that I don't think highly of the Steelers. I don't really think highly of really anybody in the AFC North anymore outside of the <laughs> to be Because honest. of injuries, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. In Pittsburgh, I, I, I've just never been in on Pittsburgh um, this year. But it's, it's a tough – it's going to be a tough game. They've already lost to Pittsburgh once last game of the season. Even if it ain't for the division – it may be for Pittsburgh's playoff hopes at that Correct. point. So you just – it'll be a lot on the line in that game. So all that to say, yes, the Ravens, I do think it's a long shot that they finish the season in the top seed. Could they do it? Of course they could. Um, a big part of that if will be how healthy they are. Will yeah. number eight be on the field for the remainder of the season? That's where it starts, and for me, it mostly ends. You know, if, if Lamar's there or if he's not, that's a big deciding factor on where the Ravens' season goes. Um, you know, as, as Odell gets nicked up in the in the Bengals' win, does he play against the Chargers? Does he need some time? When when will Stanley be right? When will Marlon be right? You know, it's it's a it, that's my one issue with the Ravens. Sure, we could talk about them being inconsistent and how much can you trust this team? That's a part of it. But for me, the biggest question will be how healthy will the Ravens be down the stretch this season? We already see in the division. Browns don't have their starting quarterback or their starting running back. You see the Bengals don't have their starting quarterback missing a receiver as well, missing offensive linemen. Same with the Browns. The Steelers, they just stink. The, the Steelers don't have a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, they, they just – Well, they did it. fire their offensive coordinator. So, I mean, yeah. listen, somebody can come in and start running play action with – but probably I know. I But but they do have a legit run game. I like Warren, you know, tell. better than Najee Harris, quite frankly. And, you know, they got weapons and wide receivers. I agree with you. Kenny Pickett is Kenny Pickett. But maybe this offensive coordinator finds a way to maximize Kenny Pickett at this point. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I don't have high hopes for it. But they, they're, the, they're the Steelers. The one thing about them, they don't have to play well to win. We've correct, seen. correct. So, and they've done that numerous times this year. Yeah, that's their philosophy. So, I mean, the Ravens, I think, as long as they're healthy, they have a shot. But, look, it, I, I don't think it matters whether they get the first seed and Kansas City has to come to them or they get the two seed or something and they have to go to Kansas City. Either way, you're going to have to go through the Chiefs. And as long as number eight's on the field, I think they have a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, they, they do have a chance. And while the schedule is – very, you know, difficult compared to what the Chiefs are dealing with. 
they have to me the potential to do really well. Now, you don't want the Ravens to lose any more games. I want to be clear, right? I mean, you want them to win out. It makes more sense to do that. But there's a you know the conference losses. They all three of their losses are conference losses. They really can't afford to lose any more conference losses because as of right now, the Kansas City Chiefs have one conference loss. Both of their losses up there, the other two losses came from non-conference games, the Lions and then the Eagles on Monday night. So you really have to, if you're the Ravens, not suggesting that you sh- you want to lose any games, but if you're going to lose down the stretch, obviously San Francisco bodes. Look, they're San Francisco. They're playing well. They're at home. Um, and that is ideal if you have any more losses left in you because the Rams, I don't think that the Ravens are going to lose that game. They're not a good football team. Their offensive line is terrible. Um, so you feel like that they're coming out. I think that they just waived um, their running back, Henderson. So there is some issue with that as well. well Cooper Cup. Uh, Kyron Williams is back. Yeah, so Cooper Cup has been injured essentially on and off all year long. You should win that game at home. But, you know, those are the only two non-conference games you have left. Everybody else is in conference. So the Ravens really can't afford to lose more games because ultimately when you look at the schedule for the Chiefs, they're more than likely to have more conference wins than the Ravens will have. And that's when you start looking back and saying, man, that Colts game hurts. Man, you had that that Browns game. You was up, you know, two scores in the fourth quarter. Man, that Steelers game, they weren't a good football team, and yet you just couldn't finish those games because all of those were winnable games. So what do you do from here? And I think that that's the, the question that we all have, and the Ravens are going to have to show everybody. And also, Cordell, they're only going to be playing one game within 23 days. They had a short bye after the Thursday night game, they're going to play the Chargers this coming Sunday, and then they have a bye week, and then they won't have their next two games. How are you going to come out with all of this rest that you guys had between the mini bye and the actual bye, and make sure that you're not rusty? Make sure that you are essentially rolling because this is the time of year that you know momentum really starts to get going. And how do you find a way to to make sure that you don't fall into the trap of oh well, we sat there and talked about how the Chiefs are. And Andy Reid is all of this and how great he is coming out of a bye. Well, he just lost. So yeah. what do you have to do to do something different? And I think that that's something that, that John Harbaugh and the Ravens are going to have to figure out to do as well. Because one game in 23 days ain't a whole lot of games, especially in December when you're trying to solidify your playoff spot. Yeah, and I think it's important that, you know, they come out of this by strong. Um they usually do in John Harbaugh in the John Harbaugh era. They're usually really good after the bye. Last year they they weren't that great after the bye. They went into the bye last year at six and three, and obviously injuries and a lot of different things happened after the bye to kind of call. I mean, the offense was trending down all year. That that never really uh, was a surprise. But I, I'm just with the schedule that they have after the bye, especially during the holiday week, the holiday season around Christmas and New Year's. Um, they're, they're going to have to be on their P's and Q's. And, and I would say that the good thing is that, you know, they are facing a lot of quality opponents. And I've brought this up a couple of times, how the Ravens tend to play down to the level of their competition. I think it lures them asleep a little bit. They won't be able to really do that um, on the back end of the schedule this year because most most of the opponents that they're facing are opponents that they're going to have to respect in some sort of uh, degree. Completely agree. So listen, I'm not here to, you know, ruin any dreams, 
I want y'all to enjoy this while it lasts because I don't know how it lasts. You know, happy Thanksgiving, happy Fourth of July. I hope you celebrate the Ravens newly found body. I don't know, but figure it out, you know, and hopefully the Ravens can find a way to win these big games down the stretch to solidify their number one spot. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, so let's talk about the Chargers, Cordell. They go into, I'll keep wanting to say San Diego. I don't even know how long they've been in L.A. at this point, but I just continue to want to call them the San Diego Chargers. They're always going to be the San Diego Chargers as far as I'm concerned because no one really goes to Chargers games like that, even though they do have talent on both sides of the ball. But it's just an L.A. Rams town. I'm not the, the I'm just the messenger. I'm not the person that made that up. So I have to get into the habit of calling them the Los Angeles Chargers, and it still feels very icky and uncomfortable. So the Ravens are going to L.A. to play the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> and um, this is an interesting game because, um, again, the, the Chargers have talent, okay? Um, they're, they're considered the 14th best team on, in DVOA. And a lot of that has to do with their offense. Um, and so their defense already wasn't that great. Um, they're considered 29th in DVOA, and then they lose a guy like Joey Bosa, who, you know, is on that defensive front to um, rush the passer. So when you look at this game, Cordell, what is it that you see that bodes to be a problem? Because, I, you know, Justin Herbert, as good as he is, um, I think there's a lot of conversations that's had about Justin Herbert. And as we saw in last Sunday's game, his team let him down. He played well, but his team let him down. But then he also has had some games. It wasn't, but does it happen on a weekly basis? Not necessarily, but last week wasn't his fault. He played well, his teammates didn't. Uh, so with all the turmoil going in the Chargers locker room right now, Brandon Staley has been snapping at journalists. You know, the team is six, is four and six. I don't think many people saw that happening with the talent that they have. Do you think that this is a situation where the Ravens can feast off of everything that is currently going wrong with the Chargers? Yeah, I think they could. Um, the Chargers are a team that's known for shooting themselves in the foot. The Cheddar Bobs of the NFL. Um I would say that the Chargers are a team that you, we talk about how much you can't trust the Ravens. You can't trust the Chargers. How can you? Um, I don't know how Brandon Staley still has a job. Um, I would imagine that whatever computer he's been using has overloaded at this point because he goes to that computer for literally everything. At this <laughs> it amazes me that this is a defensive-minded coach and their defense stinks. It's absolutely terrible. And that was before Joey Bosa got hurt against uh, the Packers on Sunday. 
their defense is completely awful. And it's got talent. It's got talent. I mean, you got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on your edges. You got a sure Samuel Jr. You've got Derwin James. I mean, yep. what are we talking about? It's talent all over the place. Yep. Yeah, this is a bad football team. It starts at the top. It starts uh, with the head coach. I would also say that if we rewind, I got to pat myself on the back a little bit because if we rewind back to draft season, I told everybody to stay away from Quentin Johnston. I tried to you tell did. people as that would listen to me to stay away from this guy because one thing that you will notice, and look, young guys drop the ball a lot, but it's one thing when big receivers drop passes. They just never really seem to recover from that, and drop balls were an issue for him in TCU. It's a big issue for him in LA. He's their first round pick, and now they're down Mike Williams and they're down Josh Palmer right now, and they still can't depend on their number. The, Quentin Johnson was the first wide receiver taken in this cl- in this draft this past yeah. year. So that's when, when, when you take that type of swing and miss that badly, it sets your franchise back. It, it sets you back when you don't hit on your first-round pick like that. So I'll say that. The Chargers are just, even offensively, they are a team that worries you a little bit at home, more so at home. Um, you get them on that, you know, at home, and it's barely a home field advantage for them, if at all. Um, but they do operate better in L.A. than they do on the road. Justin Herbert is a talent. I think Justin Herbert is as talented as any quarterback in the league. Um, but that doesn't mean that he is the guy. You know, I mean, I think he's obviously the guy for the Chargers, um, but he's limited himself right now with what he's able to do. Keenan Allen is the only guy right now that scares me on the Chargers offense. And that's where I'm wondering what the Ravens are going to do. Are they going to allow Arthur Millette? Because Keenan Allen lives in the slot more times than not. Um, We saw Brandon Stevens travel with Jamar Chase quite a bit on Thursday. Stevens hasn't really played in the slot though. Um, Yeah. going to leave Arthur Millette there? Are they going to have Kyle Hamilton play a lot of the nickel there and not use him more so as a lot of blitz and like actually have him in coverage on yeah. the island? That'll be the, or is Marlon back and do they task Marlon uh, with going in the nickel to guard Keenan Allen? I'm curious to see how they go about defending him because he's the only guy really that scares you right now. Austin Eckler isn't doing much. Um, he's never been much of a rushing guy. Um, he's only got over, I think, barely over 300 yards rushing this year. Just terrible. Um, but even in the receiving game, he's not giving you a lot. I, I mean, if you want and the numbers, the numbers support it. The numbers support how lopsided the uh, the the charges are when it comes to receiving Austin. I mean, Keenan Allen leads the team in 113 targets. The next closest to him is Josh Palmer with 39 targets. That's All- insane. Three times, maybe almost four times the amount. Keenan Allen has 83 catches, of course, leads the team. The next the next up is Austin Eckler with 24. I mean, they're right. telling you where they're going with the football. So it'll be on the Ravens to kind of take that away or allow them to kind of get that and say we're not giving you anything else anywhere else. But I, I do expect the Ravens this to be a game that they win. Um, I do wonder what they do with guys like Beckham. Does he play or not? We'll see as the practice week goes on. Um, but this is a game that I feel like the Ravens should win. 
Yeah, you know, the Chargers got Kellen Moore from Dallas in the offseason as their offensive coordinator. Doesn't feel like much has changed, um, per se. Um, it does feel like their yards per attempt is just a little bit better from last year, but not better considering that Justin Herbert has the arm talent there. Um, and like you said, there's just been a lot of struggles and due to injury and due to, you know, just lack of execution. I agree with you about Quentin Johnson, a guy, at, you know, I watched him at TCU. And while he does have talent, one of the things that was always an issue for him were the dropsies. He had a dropsy problem and it has not changed. He should have caught that ball that would have won the game for them last week. Didn't do that. And I don't really like to blame last plays because that's recency bias because there was a whole nother 59 minutes of football that were that was played and you you ended up losing the game we can't just put it on Quentin Johnson however when you have those types of moments you gotta step up in those moments and as of right now he's not been able to do that consistently and that's problematic one person that is uh coming out of that same draft and has been phenomenal is Zay Flowers and my question is, is, who is going to stop Zay Flowers on the team? Yes, we sat there and named the guys. You sat there and named Asante Samuel, Derwin James, and all this other stuff, yet they're ranked one of the worst secondaries in the National Football League in terms of pass defense. So I don't know what's going on over there. When you look at them on paper, you're like, I do not understand why they're four and six. I personally think that they're a poorly coached football team that really do not know how to utilize their players. I'm not sure how Brandon Staley can continue to have a job at this point um, because he's done nothing to maximize that talent over there. That being said, Cordell, you don't want to make this a trap game because they do have talent. And the last time that the Ravens played the Chargers, they beat them handily. It was 34 to 6 here in Baltimore. But what you don't want to do is get cute, get comfortable. One of the things that Pat Ricard said um, on the Tyus Bowser show this week was, you know, they don't care about the outside noise. So, you know, he they don't care about what's going on with the Chargers. It's not their problem. It's not their concern. They are not licking their chops, I guess, per se, based on what's going on over there that they are focused on what it is that they have to do in order to win the game. That's it. And that's all. And so as long as they have that mentality, I agree with you. I, I think that this is a Ravens win. The Chargers have enough talent that I think that they'll hang around for a little bit. But at some point, I think that the Ravens just simply take over that game. Yeah, I, I do think that the dam will collapse at some point. Yeah. Um, and it's prime time, you know, it's right before bye. I, I do think that the Ravens are going to try to take care of business uh, and get a much needed rest um, the following week. I, I think the Chargers will try to make it competitive. Um, they may even make it competitive. It's a three and a half uh, spread right now. I could see it. Uh, I could see them potentially covering that. Um, but I, I could also see it going south really bad. Real bad, right. Like the 34 and yeah. lost a couple it, years ago. It really wouldn't surprise me. When the Ravens get into that mode to where they're playing ball control and, you know, they're they're keeping opposing offenses off the field and um, they're not making self-inflicted wounds and making those types of mistakes to keep teams in games, it's tough to beat them. It's tough to hang around with them. And obviously the loss of Mark Andrews would be huge. We'll see how they, you know, uh, come back from that uh, obviously yeah. likely and charlie kohler will get more opportunities but i think that this will be a situation where we see more receivers on the field i mean he and beckham lamar and beckham are starting to really click i think beckham is will emerge as kind of like that third down safety net for lamar i think zay's 
uh, targets, which have gone down since the start of the year. I think they'll start going up a little more as well with Mark not there. And I think Bateman will also, who's been trending up the last few games, I think he'll start getting more opportunities, specifically in the red zone. And uh, uh, hopefully he and Lamar will start to be able to hit on some of those down the field throws. But I just think that the Ravens will start leaning more on their wide receivers the way they did in that Bengals game once Mark went out. I, I just think that's how they'll go going forward. All right. So what's your final prediction? I, I'm a, I'm going to say that the um, game last week against the Chargers uh, took a lot of wind out of their sails. They're four and six. This is the AFC. It is very hard to come overcome four and six. The Broncos at this point got a better chance of getting a playoff spot than the Chargers right now. I think that with with everything that's going on, I think that they're deflated. And I think that the Ravens have an opportunity to take advantage of that um, on a big stage on Sunday night. I'm going to Ravens big, 31-16 Ravens. What you got? Yeah. We're in the same ballpark. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I got the Ravens getting to 30 as well. Um, I just don't think that that defense will be able to stop them. And like I said, when the Ravens really start running the ball, um, it, it's really going to be bad for the Chargers. Um, so I'll say the Ravens win 30-20. to 20. Okay, so there we go. We got the Ravens beating the Los Angeles Chargers. Because I was about to say San Diego again. <laughs> I just can't help myself. They were and better than San Diego. I know, right? Go back to San Diego. Maybe you all have a little bit more luck. And burn that Johnny Unitas jersey while you at it. And maybe the, the curse will be lifted over <laughs> there in that Chargers, Chargers organization. <laughs> all right, so we're in the giving of thanks. This week, Cordell, it is Thanksgiving. This is my favorite holiday because, well, first of all, I love to eat, as y'all can see. I'm a healthy young lady over here. Um, and also, uh, it is, I love, so I love food, um, but I also love the fellowship. I get to spend a lot of time with not only my friend, my family, but my friends as well on this holiday. Um, it is, And then obviously there's football. So there's three things that I love most. Food, fellowship, and football. And I don't think that there's any better holiday to me than Thanksgiving because of those three things. So what we want to do is talk about the Ravens that we are thankful for this Thanksgiving. And I'll let you start uh, who you're thankful for for this Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you got to start with the head man, right? The, the, the guy, you know calling the shots, well, not on the sideline, but we're talking players, uh, got to start with eight. You know, you got to start with Lamar. Um, I don't think that the Ravens are in first place without him. You know, I don't Absolutely. think we're having these big aspirations um, of what the Ravens are able to do this year without Lamar Jackson being a part of that equation. And I think everybody was holding their breath when he got, uh, when he came out of the game Thursday against the Bengals. Yeah. Um, even for me as a media member, not even as a, you know, a Ravens fan, but as a media member, I don't want to see Lamar hurt again. I don't want to go through that same song and dance for three years straight. I, I just don't, I don't want, it's not enjoyable going to the castle and talking to Harbs and the guys when Lamar's, you know, on the injury report, it's just not a good place to be. So I am glad that he was able to go back in the game and really go out. And I thought put together a heck of a performance. Um, as well. But yeah, I mean, you got to be thankful for Lamar that he is the player that he is. A lot of people didn't expect him to even be at this level. Um, and yet he has gotten there and I think surpassed that 
in a lot of people's minds. So hopefully he's able to remain healthy for the rest of this season because uh, I think he'll give Ravens fans a lot more things to be thankful for uh, as the season goes on. My favorite thing is Lamar, uh, you know, talking to media and doing a little tap dance, talking right. about his ankle feeling okay. <laughs> like, wasn't enough. He got to show it. <laughs> he like, see, I'm good. And look, like you said, we were all worried because, you know, this that time of year, right? But as of right now, it looks like, you know, Lamar is still good to go. Um, I'm going to do something a little different here, Cordell. I'm going to be thankful for Eric DaCosta. Um, I think that Eric DaCosta gets a lot of flack um, for things that he does. But then when you start looking back and, and the hindsight starts to kick in, it really I think that he's done a a, a grand job at GM uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. I know a couple of years ago we talked about the 2020 draft, maybe not you and I per se, but like um, Ravens fans and media and talk about how mid the lack of better term, this draft was. And then when you start to look back into that draft, look at what came out of it. I mean, you got guys like Geno Stone who has emerged. He was a seventh round pick. And mm. now he's one of the best, you know, safeties in the league in terms of interceptions. Of course, you got Patrick Queen, J.K. Dobbins, who, you know, while he's been injured, he's been a factor when he's been healthy. Justin Matabike, who's about to get paid big time as mm. a result. Devin DuVernay, who was uh, an all-pro in terms of special teams. Malik Harrison has gotten a lot of um, more looks now in Mike McDonald's defense. He's been utilizing him enough more. Broderick Washington, you know, he's he's he just got a new deal, but he was a healthy scratch um, not long ago. So with the, the jury's still out on that. Um, look, James Prochet and, and, and Tyree Phillips, Hey, James Prochet helped the Ravens out the other Sunday against them. They sure did, although they didn't really utilize it because they didn't win that game. But ultimately, look, I was fine with James Prochet. I watched him in college. I thought that that was going to be a good pickup. It just didn't pan out. But when you start – but the the majority of the draft picks coming out of that draft was good. And that's just one example of, to me, you know, what he's been able to do. The the pickups of Kyle Van Noy and Jadavion Clowney, to me, can't be – said enough how great that that's been and how valuable that's been to what the Ravens have been able to do on defense. I just really feel like, and Odell, you know, Odell, I know that you know, people are going to be like, oh, $18 million. Oh, we ain't getting what, you know, they not getting their money. For, and I disagree with that, Cordell. It might not reflect on statistics, but defenses still respect Odell. That's something that you're going to see. Um, I think that there's a leadership aspect that you help pay for as well because outside of Odell, yeah, you would have had Nelson Aguilar who was in the league longer, but uh, forcing Rashard Bateman to kind of grow up into a role that he wasn't necessarily prepared for and be the, and be you know the vet and without a, a ton of leadership to me was always problematic. Odell helps him evolve and helps him understand what to do in certain situations. And I think that down the stretch, Odell will be a big part of what it is that the Ravens want to do. All of this was because of Eric DaCosta. And I, I just feel like I know we give him flowers and we've seen enough flack uh, for him, but this is my uh, opportunity to thank him for the decisions that he's made. Cause I do feel like he's made some good decisions these past few drafts. Yeah. I, I've always said, I think GMs in general get too much flack for guys turning out to be bust, you know, right. 
it's not the GM's fault if they draft a guy that was dominant in college and then they get to this level and, you know, it goes downhill. I mean, the players got to play. Obviously, there are a lot of factors that go into it, but all they can do is go off of the information in front of them. They can't make these guys great players. They, you know, the mm-hmm. players do that for themselves. And I yep. do think the cost is, uh, obviously, this offseason has been one of his best Um performances as a whole as a GM in an offseason. I, I think he did wonders for this Ravens team this year. Um, I'll go with Gus Edwards. And I'll say that I think Ravens fans should be thankful for Gus Edwards because Gus is as consistent as the male. Every yep. year you get the same type of guy. He's, first of all, off the field and just in the locker room, he's great to talk to. He's great to deal with. Very easy going for as physical as he plays on the field. He's very much so the opposite off the field, very quiet, uh, keeps to himself, um, but a real chill dude to talk to. Um, but you start looking now and you're getting into the cold weather part of the of the year, and Gus Edwards is the type of running back that you want to have in your offense. And he's still a guy that's going to keep you ahead of the chains. He may not give you the 50, 60-yard touchdown runs, but he's a he's automatic in the red zone. He's automatic on goal line situations, automatic in short yardage situations. He's even showing you what he can be as a receiver. So many people talked about how Gus Edwards can't be relied on to catch a ball out the backfield. He's done that all year under this Todd Munkin offense. And I got to give him credit because I defended him in training camp when he was making a lot of catches in practice. And I saw some of the routes he put on guys like Patrick Queen in practice and some of the, their one-on-ones and Gus showed me something uh, as a receiver that I didn't know that he had. So um, just, I think Ravens fans should be thankful for Gus Evers because he is the model of consistency, especially when you look at the running back position and how easy it is to be replaced as a running back. Gus Edwards is one that no matter who the coordinator is, no matter what type of offense they're running, he is a guy that you can count on to be a part of that offense because you know what you're getting from him every game. Completely agree. I love Gus Edwards. I'm on the bus. I'm right. I, hey, do you need me to, to blow the, the horn? I'm on right. the bus. That's my guy. I agree with you. One of the more consistent players on this team. And uh, I, I just hope that he can continue to be a Raven for as long as he'd like to be. Because uh, I do think that he's a big part of what it is that they do. I'm going to give my thanks to Mike McDonald. I always had faith in you, Mike. People was upset when you got promoted or when you came back and, and you know, after wake. And I always felt like, well, you know, me, Cordell, I watched college football, so I saw what he was able to do at Michigan. And, and while I do understand that college and the NFL are different, sometimes they're not because a lot of the schemes that they use offensively in college, the NFL has implemented, which means that you want to utilize a lot of the defensive schemes to help, you know, slow down these offenses that, they took from college football. So when Mike McDonald came, um, I just give him some time, y'all. Give him, a, it, it, and you can't build Rome in a day. You've never been able to do that. Sometimes it takes weeks for things to kind of come around. And you know, by midseason last year, I felt like that the Ravens had their form, and now he's been given some extra tools. And then Adolph Aoa has been back as well, so he's just been phenomenal. All the concerns that we had going into the season about, oh, who's going to rush the passer? You know, what are they going to do without Marlon? He's 
answered essentially every question. Now, while we, you know, sometimes have a little concern about their run defense, I think that that's something that's minuscule and not a huge concern. I think that they can fix those things. I think that what Mike McDonald has done to this defense has been phenomenal. Currently, they're the number two defense in DVOA. So I... I love Mike McDonald. I I I don't really want to give him thanks out loud because I feel like he he might be gone soon. But I hope that you know he stays around and 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 you know finds a way to be a Raven for years to come. But if he does leave, it's well deserved. I think that he's a great coach, and I think that these players love the schemes that he has put around them. So that's that. I think that that's the part that I love about him. Yeah, I think Mike McDonald has obviously done a heck of a job. Um, his two years back in Baltimore. I mean, the defense responds to him. They're able to plug and play guys and still be one of the better defenses in the league. And yeah, I mean, I, I think this the cat's out the bag. Everybody knows who he is now. And the Ravens are getting these primetime games. They're number they, right now the first seed in the AFC. I mean, even once you get to the postseason, that's all they'll be talking about. So everybody knows who he is. Um, but as we've seen in the past, you know, just because you're a great coordinator doesn't mean that teams are going to give you the opportunity to be a head coach. I mean, we, we've seen it happen a lot of different times. Greg Roman won coordinator of the year and still didn't get a head coaching job. Um, yeah. we've seen Eric B who's been a great offensive coordinator for years in Kansas city. And I don't want to yeah. point fingers, but that offense ain't the same now that Eric B enemy. <laughs> but, they also don't have a number one wide receiver. So there's a part of it, but yeah, I'm with you on yeah, that. I mean, they, they, they're missing a lot. They seem like they used to scheme. That's all we're saying. You know, uh, but yeah, I mean, it could be a situation to where he is in Baltimore longer than maybe we think he will be. Who knows? But um, regardless, however long he's in Baltimore, I think it's 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 great for the Ravens. I completely agree. So we are thankful for those Ravens and, of course, the, the the whole team for making it easy for us to cover them and to have these conversations about them. Um, and so hopefully they can give us more reason to be thankful as we move down this stretch within the last few weeks of this season as we get closer into the playoffs. On our next episode, we'll be talking about this game um, against the Chargers. Hopefully Cordell and myself are right and the Ravens somehow win big, at least two scores. But we'll see. It is a Sunday night game. So we'll give you the recap on Monday. We want to thank you all for listening. Please have a great and safe holiday. Enjoy your football. Enjoy your food. I'm ready for some fried turkey, macaroni and cheese, yes. candy yams. What you looking forward to, friend? Definitely that mac and cheese. I can tell you that. Um, and uh, I mean, my grandmother does great with the fried chicken and, and she does like these fried apples too. So yeah, I'm, I'm mm. I'll be at Cordell's house, y'all, if y'all need me. So uh, save me some of those fried apples and right. uh, we'll get with each other soon. Thank you all for listening. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.